You are listening to the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. I'm your host, Karen Haley, IBD health coach, integrative wellness enthusiast, and mom to three outstanding kids. After having Crohn's disease for 30 years and working as a health advocate exclusively with IBD clients for the last 10 years, I know it's time to bring the types of candid conversations I have with my clients out into the open. It's our time to go on an IBD healing journey and do it like only a mom can. Let's do this. Hello there, dear one, and welcome to episode number six in the Cheeky Podcast. It's time in this episode, it's time for us to have a total psychological geek out session. I get positively giddy with this topic. I'm not even kidding. I get just fascinated by the whole world of psychology and the study of the brain. I studied it as one of my majors in undergrad, and then I studied health psychology in graduate school. So today's topic for me, it just puts me completely in my happy place. When I get to marry psychology and IBD, it's true elation for me. And we're going to uncover some absolutely fascinating information today. I can't wait. So let's dive into our topic for this episode, the gut-brain connection and how we can use it to our IBD advantage. Let's go ahead and start with this connection between the gut and the brain. Have you heard that we don't actually just have one brain in our body? We have two. And we have this brain, of course, the one that everyone is familiar with, the one in our head, But we also have one that's often termed by scientists who study the gut-brain axis as the second brain, the second brain. And this brain is housed in our gut. As you can imagine, growing up with a mom like me who was on the one side a gut health enthusiast and then also a lover of all things psychology of the brain, My kids were always hearing about this gut-brain connection and, of course, the second brain. I remember when my youngest was in first grade, he was learning all about the parts of the human body in school. When they got to the brain, he raised his hand and he promptly asked the teacher, when are we going to talk about our other brain? So this thoroughly confused his teacher And then a 20-minute argument ensued between my kid and the teacher. Not long after that, I got a call from said teacher asking me what kind of nonsense was I teaching my kid at home. Thankfully, after a little bit of chatting about it, after hearing my explanation, the teacher became intrigued and she was open to me coming into the classroom to talk to the kids about this second brain of ours. So while I think that it was definitely a cool learning experience for the kids in his first grade classroom, it was also a learning experience for me because I learned that I might need to tell my son that talking about the second brain in school isn't always going to be a welcome or understood topic. So the second brain, the one that's housed in our gut It's not like there's actually brain matter there, but it does deserve its name. 
Did you know there's there's actually more nerve endings housed in the gut than there is in the brain? Did you know that our gut actually has a thinking and feeling mechanism? How else can we explain a gut feeling? How else can we explain the butterflies in our stomach before an important doctor's appointment? How else can we explain a nauseous feeling we get in our gut when we hear bad news? How about the physical pain we might feel in our stomach when we're stressed out? The gut is called the second brain because we actually think and feel there. And the reason we do is because of an amazing nervous system pathway that connects to the brain and the gut called the vagus nerve. Oh, I love talking about the vagus nerve. This communication super highway, it's constantly sending messages back and forth, connecting the thoughts and the feelings we're having between our brain and our gut. Go ahead. Go ahead right now and just touch the back of your head at the base where your head ends and your spine begins. I'm doing it now, so we're doing it together. Go ahead and touch there. This is the beginning of this nerve system circuitry. This is the beginning of that vagus nerve I'm talking about. This mass nerve ending system, it begins here, but then it spindles its way through several organ organ systems down through our body. It goes through the heart and then it makes its way into the digestive system and it ends in the colon. The gut brain axis and the second brain, it wouldn't be possible without this super communication highway that vagus nerve. For most people, the cool factor of the vagus nerve and our second brain, it ends there. And it's pretty cool, right? I'm thinking you're agreeing with me. That's a pretty cool system that we have, this connection between our gut and our brain. But here's where the situation gets downright ingenious for us with IBD. According to scientists at Harvard Medical School, this gut-brain connection is especially true for us because we already have distress in our intestines. So anything we feel with this gut-brain connection, you know, those butterflies, the nausea, the stress, the pain, because we have intestinal distress, we will actually feel it deeper. People who have GI disorders, we perceive pain more acutely because our brains are more responsive to pain signals from our gastrointestinal tract. And when we feel stress or anxiety, it makes the pain in our gut feel even worse. Seriously fascinating, right? You might be thinking, well, damn, that kind of sucks for me. It's great that now I understand why I feel those gut emotions so deeply, but there's only negatives associated with it. There's no positive. There's more pain, more stress, more anxiety. There's no positive spin there. Here's where I want to challenge you. I want to challenge your thinking on this a little bit because on the surface, if we just look at the surface here, it might seem like a downside. But actually, I think it's pretty cool that we know ourselves so well. Most people don't have a clue. Most people don't have a clue how their gut and brain connects. They don't feel it like we do. They don't feel it with the kind of intensity we feel, the kind of intensity we feel with these feelings and emotions. So on the flip side of this bad news is that because of that, we feel things so deeply in our gut 
And according to those same Harvard Medical School scientists, when we have IBD, we actually respond to therapies that focus on stress reduction, anxiety reduction, and depression intervention more readily than our IBD counterparts. Ha! So there's the flip side. There's the cool part here. And studies abound. It's not just the smarties at Harvard. Other smart scientists who have replicated this work in their own research, they've also replicated these psychological approaches that are helpful to decrease digestive symptoms. And now you know. Now you know the why behind why psychology and IBD, they go together. And why the psychology of all of this can really be our best friend here. Now, so often, so often doctors want to dismiss us with statements like, you're just too emotional, or those symptoms, they're all in your head, or the pain you're describing, I know it isn't that bad, but we know different. We know now that our bodies are actually designed that way. And I propose, I propose it's time for us to use this design to our IBD advantage. Now we have the insight. And insight's great, right? We know the why. We have the insight. Knowing why something is happening is the first step, but it's only just the beginning. If we know we have a strong gut-brain vagus nerve connection, if we know we're more likely to benefit from psychological intervention here, now we need to think about what do we do about it? Can we maybe harness this vagus nerve to our advantage? Can we actually hone and improve the connection our gut and brain has? Could we even, I dare say, lessen our IBD symptoms by learning how to affect change at this level, this neurological level? Yes, 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 we can. We can even get started on that right here, right now with one of the absolute easiest techniques out there. No special equipment needed, just you and your breath. When it comes to truly affecting this gut-brain connection and helping our IBD symptoms, belly breathing, that breathing from the diaphragm, it's been shown as one of those therapies that can help reduce stress, anxiety, depression, even our pain response inflammation levels, and it can even strengthen our immune system. Plus, belly breathing goes even further than just the gut level healing. It can also lower our heart rate and our blood pressure. That's just too many wins for me. You got to count me in. I hope it counts you in too. Deep breathing is a technique that I use all the time. I love this method. I have been using it for years now, and I have grown to absolutely love it and reap the benefits from it in my IBD life. Using the gut-brain connection to our IBD advantage, number one, it works within the moment, acute stress, acute pain, acute anxiety, acute depression. Uh, When that just hits you, when when you least expect it, it hits you, it's acute, it's strong, it's in the moment. Belly breathing can work for that. Number two, when you do it regularly, it will also work for the chronic type of issues you might be having, the ongoing stress, the ongoing pain, anxiety, and depression you might be feeling. 
And best of all, number three here with this belly breathing technique, the one I'm going to show you today, you can do it anywhere, anytime, any place, and no one even knows you're doing it. Awesome sauce. Can I get an amen? Let's do it. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's get started using my top belly breathing techniques right now. I'm going to teach you my top three. All right. Are you comfortable? It's always great to be comfortable when you do belly breathing. So just kind of wiggle around in your seat or if you're walking around the kitchen, take a seat for a second. If you're driving in the car, be careful with this because I don't want you to get too comfortable, but get comfortable. All right, are you ready for a transformation? Let's do this. Let's do this like a mom and let's do it wherever you are right now. Belly breathing technique number one is the four, seven, eight breath. I like to start this breath out with an out breath, just a just to clear the lungs. So go ahead and take a breath in and out. Okay. With this breath, we breathe in through our nose for four seconds. We hold it for seven seconds. And then we let it out through our mouth for eight seconds. In for four, hold for seven, out for eight. Let's do it. It will be even better for you if you place one hand on your belly right where your diaphragm is because you want to make sure that's where the breath is coming from, not from up in your chest. So go ahead, if you can, if you're not driving, place a hand on your belly. If you can and you're in a place where you can do it, it also is helpful to really go in. And to go in, we close our eyes. So go ahead and just close your eyes. Let your breath release again with a whoosh or a sigh. And breathe in through your nose for a count of four. Two, three, four. Hold it. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. And out through the mouth. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Good job. Now, I want to mention two things to you, two things that will help you take this breath to the next level. Number one, if you can, when you're doing this breath, you want to go ahead and put your tongue on the roof of your mouth right behind your front teeth. Go ahead and do that now so you can kind of get that feeling. And this is called fire point. It's an energy point in Chinese medicine. You can keep your tongue there throughout the breath. And then the other option for you is to let out a louder than normal whooshing sound when you exhale, like a or a or a okay? Both of these options for this breath are just that, options, because it depends if people are around. I said you could do these breaths anywhere, and you can, but sometimes it's a little bit difficult when you're making loud noises, so you probably don't want to do this using the whooshing sound in a work meeting or at a family dinner. But if you're by yourself, I would go for it. Go for it with those two options. Let's go ahead and try the 478 breath one more time together with these two things, with the tongue on the roof of your mouth, right behind your front teeth, and with the whooshing sound. Here we go. Ready? 
hand on your belly, close your eyes if you can, relax and breathe in, two, three, four, and hold it, two, three, four, five, six, seven, let it out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. How'd you do? Nice. Good job. Okay, my advice for the four, seven, eight breath, when to do it, is to do it first thing in the morning, before you even get out of bed, four times in a row, and then four times in a row again before you go to bed. It helps you unwind. It's amazing. It's amazing how this particular breath, it helps you wake up in the morning and get sleepy at night. Plus, I've also used it successfully in the moment with that in the moment pain or in the moment stress when I feel like I'm going to lose it, that kind of stress. You've probably never had that feeling as a mom, but just in case you ever have it, yeah, you can use this breath there too. Let's talk about belly breathing technique number two. It's called Foursquare. Foursquare is a steadying and grounding breath. That's why I love it because as moms, so much of the time we need some grounding, right? We're just kind of living ah, all the time. I can't think of a better way to describe it than ah. So that grounding, that centering, that steadying breath can be really helpful. It involves breathing in for a count of four, holding for a count of four, breathing out for a count of four, again, holding for four, and then repeating. See how rhythmic that is? It's in all in counts of four. So it's very, that, that rhythmic type of breathing, it's very steadying, grounding, and calming. Let's go ahead and give this one a try. Remember, if you're at a place where you can, get comfortable and close your eyes. Hand on your diaphragm. And breathe in, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four. Let it out. Two, three, four, and hold. Two, three, four. One more time. In two, three, four. Hold. Two, three, four, and out. Two, three, four. How did that go for you? I think that for that one, I was counting a little bit fast. I would love for you to just, when you're doing it on your own, I'd like for you to do that just a little bit slower, like one, two, three, four, more like that. But you get the idea for grounding, for centering, for stabilizing, four square. It's a good one. Okay. So just like the four, seven, eight breath, this one you would want to repeat with a repetition of four. That's a great place to start and see if it works for you. You can use it anytime, anywhere. Our last belly breathing technique, it's called the double exhale breath. It's good for breathing to relieve panic or anxiety that you're having, that acute panic or anxiety, or even um, really strong pain that you're having. It will work on the panic and anxiety to help move you away from the panic. And I love it because it helps you in relaxed stages. It helps you relax yourself in stages. When you're having a moment, you know, when you're having that panic or anxiety moment and you feel your heart is racing and you feel like you just can't calm down, 
there's just no way that you could go from 10 level to one in one breath. So this particular breath, it lets you calm down slowly. And I love it for pain as well, especially abdominal pain. When you're feeling that pain, it's never going to go from 10 scale to one in one second, right? Or even in one breath. So it lets you go down in stages. It lets you work it in stages. So when you're having either of those issues, I really like the double exhale breath. The double exhale breath, it involves a good belly breath in for a count of two. And then you breathe out that same amount of time doubled. So from two, you would breathe out four. For the next breath, we breathe in for three seconds and then out for six seconds. And then you can see the pattern here for the next one in four seconds and out eight. We continue in and out, multiplying by two with every inhale, exhale, until we start to feel more calm, more relaxed, until we start to feel like we have less pain. Let's go ahead and try it. We're going to start with a 2-4 breath, then a 3-6, and then a 4-8. All right. Are you relaxed? Are you comfortable? Do you have your hand on your diaphragm? And if you can, you can close your eyes. Let's go ahead and breathe in. Two. I like to hold it for a second here. And then let it out. Two. Three. Four. Hold for a second. And breathe in. Two. Three. Hold. And out. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Hold and breathe in, two, three, four, and hold and out, two, three, four. You can do it, six, seven, eight. How'd you do? Good job. So you can see that's how you would use that breath, right? It's always in for a count and then out for double and keep increasing it. See how that goes in those stages? All right, there you go. There you have it. The three best belly breaths that you can use to get your gut brain access in check and use it to your IBD advantage. Let's go ahead and recap everything we talked about today. Number one, we all have a gut brain connection. The connection occurs through a nerve circuit communication superhighway called the vagus nerve. Number two, because of this connection, we have what scientists refer to as the second brain housed in our gut. Just tell your kids not to mention it at school. Number three, we're a little different than our non-IBD counterparts because we feel things like pain, stress, anxiety, and depression more deeply. We feel it more deeply in our gut than others. This situation can be damning for some, but not for us because we know how to strengthen this highway of super communication. Number four, we can use our psychology to decrease our stress response, our anxiety response, our depression symptoms, inflammation levels. It can help our immune system, our pain levels, and ultimately we can use it to our IBD advantage. One of the easiest methods we can employ to bring this change about is deep belly breathing. There's many types of breathing exercises out there, but the three that we learned today are the four, seven, eight breath, the four square breath, and the double exhale breath. So how are you feeling? I hope you're feeling relaxed. 
If these breathing techniques are completely new for you, you might not be feeling any positive response yet. It can take some time. Keep at it. Keep trying it. And it will become more natural. It will become easier for you. And over time, you will begin to notice that it helps with many of the symptoms you experience, both physical and emotional symptoms. Lastly, we got to close this out by talking about how you can do it like a mom. You can do this like a mom by picking one of the techniques. Commit to trying it daily. Let's say for the next seven days. Observe how you feel. Observe what you think about it. And if you're feeling extra inspired, go ahead and teach one of these techniques to your kids. My favorite, the favorite one I like to teach to my kids is the 478 breath. I'm often heard in the house saying something like, would you like to take a moment with a 478 breath? If not, I think a consequence might be coming your way. Sometimes kids, and especially teenagers, they just need to take a moment to collect themselves before saying something they might regret. And by the way, it works for adult stats too. I've used it there as well. Don't forget, pick one of the belly breathing techniques we talked about today and try it out. Try it for a week. And if you do, will you please let me know how it goes? Until we chat again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD journey. Thank you so much for joining me today and for listening to today's episode. When it comes to IBD, I know there's a lot of resources out there, and I'm truly honored that you chose the Cheeky Podcast to get your IBD information today. If you found this information helpful, please give us a rating and review. It helps other moms find the podcast and see what we're doing over here to help IBD moms everywhere. And if you feel called to do it, share this podcast with an IBD mom who you know could really use an uplifting message today because that's what we're all about over here at the Cheeky Podcast. One last thing, if you're still with me, and if you are, you're definitely my kind of gal. We have to get to know each other better. If you're tired of living on the hamster wheel of IBD with all the ups and downs between flares and remission, if you're struggling to get control of your abdominal pain, gas, bloating, diarrhea, and other troubling IBD symptoms, Go to my website, it's karenhaley.com, and my mom had to be just a little bit different, spell my name with a Y, so it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com, and schedule your very own free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting session with me, where we discuss the challenges you've been having, we set goals to help you move forward, and we talk about how we can work together to help you get your life back. It's a power-packed 30 minutes. You don't have to live in IBD status quo. There's so much that can be done to transform your life so you can thrive in motherhood and thrive with IBD. I've seen my clients walk this path and it gives me so much joy to take that journey with them. My entire coaching practice is run online so you never have to leave your house and you never have to get out of your jammy or yoga pants for us to work together. You know I'm wearing them too. If you're ready to take your first amazing step towards healing, I'm ready to chat with you. Schedule your free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting sesh today at karenhaley.com. Click on the work with me tab and I'll see you soon.
It's important to note that the information in this podcast and in this episode is for general information purposes only and not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The statements made in the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, either by me or my guests, is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Before implementing any new treatment protocols, do yourself a favor and consult your physician first. Thank you so much for listening, for being here, for saving this space for us to spend some time together. Until we chat again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD journey.